Welcome back to Las Malandrinas Radio. Las Malandrinas Radio is a podcast dedicated to honoring all the malandrinas that live off of banda music. We're hosted by two Chicanas from Chicago. So in the words of our madrina, Jenny Rivera, we are always in the process of becoming who we have to become. And so we offer the world our truth about música regional mexicana y todas sus babosadas. Las Malandrinas Radio holds space for the banda discussions that happen before bailes and centers the mujeres and creators behind este género de música. So today we are honoring all of the music that talks about corazones rotos. Cue glass breaking. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, so like Cynthia said, um, in Admes del Amor, like anything, we're always made to feel like crap for not having a romantic partner. So we decided to make episode nine about heartbreak. This is a continuation of our Banda Mantica series where we try to break down the concept of love and then relate that back to how it's reflected in Musica Regional Mexicana, specifically Banda Music. And so in today's episode, we will talk about heartbreak in traditional romantic terms, but also focus more into all the other ways that relationships and partnerships are also more than capable of breaking our hearts, that being family, friends, and then even celebrity crushes. And so let's do a quick check-in and then we'll get into the good stuff. Okay, so I'm Cynthia. My check-in this week is just about celebrities not being immune from settler colonial racism and the u.s white supremacist empire nation state so (laughs) so obviously there's power that exists in this world and there's the kind of power that celebrity have that celebrities have Mm -hmm. and then there's the kind of power that we think that celebrities have that'll protect them from all this shit but we are in we're always in a crisis and so i think that was made super clear this past week Mm -hmm. when 21 savage was detained by immigration and one of course we know that it wasn't just nomás así de lo nada right right like this is someone who had just rapped about immigration what's happening at the border and what's happening you know also with our you know kin in flint michigan with the water crisis um he rapped about it on the tonight show i believe and then Mm -hmm. five days later he's fucking arrested by ice and he has an open u visa process which is what his lawyer said right and that's fucked up so free 21 savage Mm -hmm. and free all of our community that is stuck in detention centers that need to be shut down just like ice needs to be shut down and so yeah i mean we talk about music we talk about artists but there's also these stories that artists have about you know coming up against these systems that are 
mm-hmm. targeting and and killing us every single day. So that's that's my check in. Mm-hmm. No, that's real. There was a lot about it too. Like it was really weird. Um. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So my check in. I'm Ale. Um. I think I. I finished a wee, finally. Mm. Everyone, well, I hope everyone Ale knows. has been taking notes. True, I've been watching Ruby because I've watched Teresa like three times already. And so I went over to like the OG classic, which is Ruby. And I think at this point, we all know Ruby was way more of a savage than Teresa. Um, and I just finished it and like I forgot how bad she was. Like she stressed me out how like she wants you. Both Teresa and Ruby must have been Sagittarius because they just have too much luck behind them. Like, everything they did was, like, on the spot, and then it just magically, like, worked in their favor. Like, they spoke it into existence. Did they lie a lot? Yes, but they also, like, twist it in ways where it's, like, not really lying. I I can relate. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yeah, no, it was just, like, deep as fuck. Um... And then the end, the ending of Ruby is a lot different than the ending of Teresa. Well, Teresa had three different endings. Right. And then Ruby just has more of like, like it's a cycle where then um, her niece becomes the new Ruby uh, and targets the same people that Ruby was after. Um, Yeah, but no, it was just intense. I'm like so heartbroken that it's over. I think this generation needs a new... <laughs> Bad bitch. Um, what did she teach you about life? I mean, well, one, the whole concept of Rui was she was obsessed with this one guy, and she kept saying that like they were in love, but it it was like obsession on both parts, and so it's interesting to see how like Sebastian Rui, right? That's the one she like she stole her best friend, quote unquote. Beyonce and that was Sebastian. Oh. So that part was also like super triggering. Like I like had to stop My watching heart. it because I was like, this is too much. Anyways, but yeah, no, I'm I finished it. I'm so sad. Teresa, oh. I mean not Teresa, Ruby, whoever played her, you know that saying, tienes ojos como que con si tus ojos tuvieran dientes ya me hubieran matado, some yeah, shit like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. That's her to a T, man. Yeah, no, she's beautiful. It's the Barbara something. Moria. Yeah. But then after that, I don't remember seeing her in novelas after that. And then, um, what's it called? Angelica was dating the um, the producer that produces all the telenovelas. Uh-huh. The the same husband of La Gaviota. Uh-huh. That's why La Gaviota used to play in a lot of novelas. Oh. So they, like, once they, quote-unquote, got divorced, her, the, the I, I, what do they call him? He's, like, white, and they call him some apodo with him. And she just divorced Peña Nieto. Right, which, uh, that was never legal, because she was married. Ya se había casado en la iglesia con the guy that produces all the telenovelas yeah. de Televisa. But, like, they worked around where they got, like, a priest to cancel that, like, Catholic wedding so that she could get married with Peña Nieto, who was already being set up to be president. And so Angelica, the the, um, the girl that plays Teresa, was after all that with La Gavita, was dating that same white man that produces the novelas, which is why she keeps getting them. Teresa's not Angelica. Her name's not Angelica. Yes, An- Angelica. Is it? Yeah. Uh, but anyway, continue. Yeah. So um, what was I saying? 
Yeah, that's why Angelica got a lot of um, telenovelas, a lot of good ones. Yeah, she did. Um, because she was dating the 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 guy that like produces a lot of them, um, but now she's dating Sebastian. Angelique. Angelique. Oh. Angelique yeah, yeah. Boyer. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's 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 wild. Well, also shout out to. <laughs> I feel like I. Was always more of... I'm more of a narco novela fan. Mm. I love fucking narco novelas. Um, which I also love to problematize. <laughs> and I was such a Reina del Sur fan. Mm. Hashtag why my Instagram and mm-hmm. like all my social media is at Reina del Sur site. But their uh, Reina del Sur 2 is coming out, bitch. Mm-hmm. And I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. Because from the teaser, this is going to be about her son, her child going missing. And I'm mm. so excited. So excited. Interesting. Yeah, no, I love novelas where, like, which is bad, too. Like, where women manipulate their surroundings and are able to, like, work shit around what they want. Because I'm just trying to figure out how to do that, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out how to be rich. Right. All right. Um, yeah, so that's my weird twisted chicken. I dig it. <laughs> so let's do some feedback. Mm-hmm. We just released episode night eight, mm-hmm. and it was such an awesome experience. We did a group episode, our first group episode. Mm-hmm. Shout out Angelica, shout out Irma, shout out Cicero for <laughs> <laughs> hanging out with us, um, breaking bread with us, and helping us to deliver. Mm-hmm. Our first episode about a banda, and we went with Banda El Recodo because mm-hmm. we love to, it's the banda that we love to hate. It's the mm-hmm. banda that we love to talk shit about. But that when we sat down and we're like putting together these playlists, mm-hmm. we thought, shit, they had a lot of good music, and we actually yeah. loved their vocalists more than we thought. Right. So shout out to that. And hopefully, y'all took something from it, and hopefully, you can help us do more of these in-depth banda episodes. So thank you again, Angelica and Irma, for co-hosting with us. It meant so much. And also be on the lookout because our next episode will also feature a co-host mm-hmm. that we love very much. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I was looking. I just found the name of the guy. Um, What's it called? It's this guy. It's, it's de Jose Alberto Castro. Oh, El Güero. That's what they oh. call him. This is, dude, I'm pretty sure you've seen him. Well, he basically produces mm-hmm. all their novelas. Anyways, um, yeah, and then in that, we, we did forget to mention one artist, or one of the Banda Recodos lead singers, um, Alex Villarreal, who also had, like, long curly hair. Um, and I think he was the one who I was referring to when I said the Memo Choa of Banda Recodos. Oh, yeah. But... It, Carlos, Sarabia, and him both had, like, that. Yeah. Um, He, I don't, I feel like he was during the time period of El Mimoso before Carlos. So, who's the one in the Para Toda La Vida video? I think that that's Carlos. Okay. Yes. But see how he also looks like. They look alike when they were going through that period of life. I remember his, like solo career after that but i don't remember him he's so cute 
Yeah, so this is what I was referring to that looks more like Memo Choa versus Carlos. It's like he doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Whoops. Yeah, so we we forgot you, Alex Mirrell. Um, I'm sorry. It happens. I mean, as we saw through like the Instagram shit, Banda Recodo has had like a good fucking almost 10 lead singers, which is wild that one banda has had that many but it's also been so long since they started but it's like why does banda recolo keep pushing these artists out the world will never know okay um and then speaking about our instagram page we were doing a banda recolo best lead singer contest and turns out that the winner is dun, dun, dun. El Mimoso, which technically Juan Gabriel won, but Juan Gabriel was never a yeah. recodo. Um, and so the true winner is actually El Mimoso, followed by Julio Preciado. El Mimoso is our favorite. Yes. But... Ale did a poll on our mm-hmm. story, and didn't Julio Preciado win the poll? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is weird. I mean, I don't... I mean, because I've seen other... And participated in other Banda Recodo lead singer polls, and Julio Preciado almost never wins. It's always El Mimoso or El Yaki. And so, I wish I knew more of, like what songs people are remembering from these specific artists um because unlike El Mimoso you unless you are like a diehard fan you might not know what he looks like because he's not in your face as much where Julio I would think that like you have outside influences reminding you of his existence which is like your parents I don't know well I feel like there is a group of people that are Recuerdo fans from I know all the early songs, and mm-hmm. then there's a group of people that know that, but also the new songs. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like there's people that just never stopped listening to them, and people that... Mm-hmm. People that like banda, but don't care to keep up with it. You know right. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which is fine, it's just... Yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's just interesting to see what our followers like. And how that compares to what we like. We are Mimoso fans. Yeah. And Yaki fans. (laughs) And we actually expected a Mimoso or Yaki to win. Um, Which Yaki came in third. And now I'm much more of a Carlos Sarabia fan. Mm -hmm. He actually commented on our stuff. He did. Um, And I was like, oh my god, my heart. (laughs) You could have followed us though, but whatever. So check out the Banda Recodo playlist. (laughs) Yeah, check it out. Our episode playlists have been updated. Mm -hmm. And as you know, we have our Apple music playlist and our Mm -hmm. Spotify Spotify playlist. Mm -hmm. And they're usually the same, but sometimes Mm -hmm. they're a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they're getting better. And I think we decided to... We secretly, without talking about it, decided to just continue adding more songs to them. So they're actually legit playlists now. And speaking of famous people following us, <laughs> this has been a fun mm-hmm. last few weeks because we've gotten to share and y'all probably be like, esta es otra vez, but <laughs> we hype as hell when one 
Pancho Barraza, el Pause, rey del amor, yes. el poeta del amor, el poeta, you know, followed us. Mm -hmm. Like, my heart shook it because he has hella followers, but he only follows, like, 5,000 accounts, and we are one of them, bitch. Did you tell your parents? I did. What did they say? My mom was like, mirala, ya se cree mucho. I do, because yes. yes, Pancho follows us. <laughs> True. Shit. And, like, Pancho was a recodito, right? And so just to see how close we are to, like, one of my favorite mandas, it's just, ah. Ay. But for me, I was like, what? Pancho is really, his comeback was amazing. Mm -hmm. He's touring again like mm -hmm. crazy. And if you've ever been to Marco Antonio Solis concert, you know that El Buki always comes with his background dancers. Mm -hmm. And that's just how you know that like he's someone that's made it because mm -hmm. he has the whole fucking thing. And now Pancho Barras is touring with background singers too. Okay. Very similar to Marco Antonio Solis. So I yes. feel like... I feel like there's something going on there. Yes. Yeah, no, I mean, Pancho's also just so respected by everyone in the banda world that to have him follow our podcast, Instagram page is... Ay, amor. <laughs> so who else followed us this month, Ale? So we had La Original Banda Limon follow us, which at first I didn't know if it was legit. Um, but it totally is. They even saw our whole story. Yes, I, and it's so funny because I remember last episode, me and um, like Irma said something about La Origina, and I was like, yeah, they're dying. And Irma's like, yeah, they are. And it's just like, oh fuck, I, I hope they don't listen to us. Um, or at least I hope they don't listen to that last episode. Um, because we were talking shit. But yeah, no, it's really cool because it's again, it's like. La original and La Rolladora were at one point, like, so close to it. And so to see that, like, we're getting all the, like, big bandas, essentially. Because La Original is still big. Yeah. It's just been losing its spark. Um, but they're coming back. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. That was they just released a bookie cover. Mm -hmm. I don't know what they're trying to do. but And then another mm -hmm. cute baddies group <laughs> followed us. And they are Perdidos de Sinaloa. Yes, I love them so much. I can't believe they followed us too. And I feel like all this, all these three people followed us within like a week. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, yes. And thank you to everyone that continues to share the mm -hmm. podcast. We want more folks to listen. So please share mm -hmm. and reach out to three friends that you have and let them know that this is something that they should have on the radar and that they might enjoy. Right. This will bring you joy. And so you should totally listen to it. Cool. So next up, we have our Banda News segment. This week, we actually don't really have Banda News. Uh, other than <laughs> I'm just annoyed and uh, it's just so mediocre. I'm just disappointed. Mm -hmm. The Records is trying to have this amazing collaboration between... Jose Manuel, the ex from um, Plebes, Plebes. Mm -hmm. Dariel Camacho, and Ulises Chaides. Mm -hmm. They're both, like, very fucking similar. They're, like, these little pretty boys, like, super soft skin, like a baby's butt. And <laughs> they're, like, witty. When you put it like that. And they have, yes. like, these little freckles, like, little babies have on their butt. And they just look, you know, those morros, and they're, like, singing mm -hmm. these songs about love and sireños and shit. And... Angel del Villar's vision apparently is to have them like tour the world. 
together and so they just released this album or this song or whatever mm-hmm. and it's like los reyes del imperio mm-hmm. and this is just um it's dead and done it's over it was never a thing we don't need more mexican singers talking about themselves as imperial we just mm-hmm. don't it's so unnecessary like what are you getting out of it it's like when all the fucking frat boys call themselves conquistadores oh, like we don't need that <laughs> shit get over it yourself get over it yeah you're basically being pendejos like because you are the product of imperialism so mm-hmm. just stop it it's so unnecessary it's cursi mm-hmm. and it's like violently cursi so get over yourselves you're not reyes de ningún pinche imperio maybe you're like trona del baño you know in el baño like where you <laughs> fucking go take a ship that's about it yeah no it's really bad marketing for both of them because there's no need um and i think it's just like you describe them as being like soft and like white looking as shit and i think for at least Ulises Chávez, I think Ulises Chávez music has been really soft, and I think there's no need to create this like bad masculine image for both of these two young boys essentially because they're younger than us. Like, just let them be soft. Like, let them continue to talk about love. Like, there's no need to harden them and create this like market scheme for their tour of like conquering some shit like there's just no need right so that's that but in other news that matters it's black history month and it should always be black history day but (laughs) this is the country that we live in so we just wanted to give a quick shout out to all the folks that are out here Mm -hmm. putting out podcasts just like us and deserve the recognition um and deserve you know us to talk about them because they are some of our favorite podcasts and so um we're gonna just mention a few right now but then like throughout this month and just after this month too we'll continue to post um other black podcasts that we love and that we want you all to listen to because these people are putting out some really good content. And so I'll go with the first one. My favorite podcast of all time is Black Girl Brunch. I don't know how I found them, but I am so thankful I have. I think they're about like 60 episodes deep. And I love them. I have been watched or listened to other episodes. <laughs> they're too... Um, women from oh my god why am i oh from philly and they just talk about some real shit they sort of break down hip-hop or like celebrity gossip but then they also talk about real shit and so i love them with a passion they're so funny so so funny there's not an episode where i don't die laughing um they're really funny yeah so you should all listen to black girl brunch and then my second podcast is Sex with Strangers. I've seen a must. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is two, like, a mujer and an hombre. I think they're, like, co-workers turned friends or something. Um, but they just talk about, like, sex in a way that's 
super like it just normalizes sex and i've only listened to like the beginning like the first few episodes that they have but it's it's really good um i think they talked about um what have they talked about i forgot i want to say something about the ass like getting it in the ass or something. Oh, they've yeah they've <laughs> they've had like episodes on like ass and like they've just get your sex education on. Yeah, and how like they were just talking about like fetishes and like I remember they were talking about like people who like getting like shit on. I <laughs> and I was just like whoa whoa like ah um <laughs> but like it really normalizes how like people do have fetishes and, and different days. Like, yeah, and how like. You can talk about it with your partner mm-hmm. beforehand, and yeah, mm-hmm. it's really good. On that topic, <laughs> my favorite mm-hmm. black podcast at the moment is Inner Hope Uprising, and they describe themselves as a smart and funny podcast about sex, love, and dating from four black mm-hmm. feminists, 20-somethings, living in New York City. Mm-hmm. So I love hearing people that are friends and, mm-hmm. you know, hermanas and sisters just convivir and be there for each other so for me that's beautiful to watch or to hear (laughs) so yeah y'all check out the black podcast network so many amazing Mm -hmm. black podcasts out here happy black history month we got a lot of work to do we got a lot of work we have to do to show up for Mm -hmm. our black fam and you know don't ever fucking doubt that blackness is not all up in musica regional mexicana right it is in so many ways and if you even just wanted to deny that to yourself, you're, you know, really doing a lot of harm. So yeah, yeah, and I think what we we will talk about the anti-blackness within the Musica Regional Mexicana world, and like even within banda, it's pretty bad. Um, and like the baile pages on Instagram and Facebook are horrible when it comes to like black people enjoying. Musica Regional Mexicana, so we'll definitely talk about it. But, yeah, to just... Oof. That's like an episode on its own. Um, Yes, ma'am. Yep. So, let's... The song of the moment. The song of the moment that we want to feature for this episode is Me Hiciste Un Borracho by La Tracalosa. Edwin Luza. Edwin Luza. (laughs) Luna. Edwin Luna y la Tracalosa de Monterrey. Uh, yeah, so they just put out this song, which is going to tie in um, to the rest of this episode. Um, but it's a pretty good song, and we want to share it with you all. Anything else you want to say before I play it? No, I think just wrapping up what we've talked about so far, you know, from the heartbreak of seeing community members in cages like 21 Savage to learning how to be more savage from <laughs> that is under me breaking people's hearts. Oh shit, you really are connecting to <laughs> the heartbreak of so much that has been done mm-hmm. to the black diaspora. Mm-hmm. You know, this is where we want to talk about heartbreak and mm-hmm. in this episode and, and really understand that heartbreak is more than just you and a romantic partner right and that you shouldn't be made to ever feel bad for not having a partner mm-hmm. 
esposo. Here is me hiciste un borracho. Before he was all married and shit, he would just post selfies of himself mm-hmm. with the peace sign and his hair slicked back and just weird. And he does look conceited. It. He's so fucking conceited. Yeah, I see it. Cool, but I'm glad La Tracolos is coming back. And when did they leave, bitch? Oh well, remember I said like I didn't like any of their old songs oh. last year because they put an entire CD last year. Um, but I'm glad that they're, like, trying to stay relevant and putting on some good material. Right, because they have to take advantage of Edwin's mm-hmm. um, unique voice. It's so interesting because it's La Tracalosa, but you just know Edwin. Right. <laughs> it's like his back band. Yeah. It's kind of sad. But in that same vein, mm-hmm. me and Ali did not coordinate this, but Ali brought this song, and I wanted to... Bring back Malandrina of the Moment. <laughs> Malandrina of the Moment is our segment dedicated to the Malandrinas, Malandrinos, Malandrinexes that are really living up to Jenny Rivera's vision of community, like being there for your community, of speaking up for yourself, mm-hmm. and being a bad bitch. Being a bad bitch and holding it down for your, you know, sisters in your community. So, I wanted to bring Erika Vidrio to this week's Malandrina of the Moment. Mm-hmm. Erika, Erika, Erika Vidrio is a badass. She's a baddie. Be- like, this is a mujer who really got her start in the whole medio, working for La Que Buena in Mexico City. Mm. Took a chance, came out to Califas, and continued doing that work, but mm-hmm. also started doing more composing, more songwriting. And so she is probably, like, for lack of a better word, the Jenny Rivera of mujeres that are composing songs professionally. Because she's probably the most reconocida right now, one of the most for writing music in Musica Regional Mexicana. Mm -hmm. And this mujer has given us a lot of La Tracalosa's hits. Mm -hmm. She is the person... Who's actually behind Borracho de Amor. I love Or the original Borracha mm-hmm. de Amor. Mm-hmm. She's the mujer that is oh. actually behind Fijate Que Si. Mm-hmm. Which I just watched Voldemort's video when okay. we had her on. <laughs> and she was talking about how she was writing Fijate Que Si. Mm-hmm. And it was originally called Fijate Que No. 
Mm. But you know, in the chorus, when she's talking about, si tu crees que no te quiero, pues fíjate. Mm-hmm. She, it was originally, pues fíjate que no. Mm-hmm. But then it just came out of her, fíjate, pues fíjate que sí. Yeah, and I oh, feel like it makes my more heart. sense. Yeah. I feel like it makes more sense to say fíjate que sí. Oh, hell yeah. But this, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, 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 continue. Hell yeah, it does. I think that it's awesome to see her doing her thing. She's mm-hmm. originally from Jalisco. She sings as well, which I want to talk about, but she's not only written these, you know, bangers for La Tracalosa, but she also has written for other artists like El Shaka, Rest in Power. She wrote Quien es usted? Mm. So if you can see the pattern between these songs, she definitely has her own style. Yeah. And she just, like, brings so much fluff Mm-hmm. But, like, good fluff yeah. to Musica Regional Mexicana. And she creates these songs that have, like, two kind of, like, tonalities. Mm. Like, there's, like, these two things, like, going on within her, her songs. But mm. I wanted to feature her because these heartbreak songs that are so... That are being sung by these, like, really... Like, these fucking hombres were right. written by a mujer... This mujer who has finally gotten to a place in her life where she's not working per- like a nine to five. Mm-hmm. She f- lives on a ranch or something and just like composes. Like our way. friend Ima said, she just fucking raises her horses and composes. <laughs> so that's beautiful that's goals. Life. I yeah. want to have my farm and I want to write my book. Yeah. So goals. And it's so cool to see her doing that because she's very. I would say she's very mature, but not like in a mm-hmm. like señora life kind of way. But mm-hmm. she's just like a wise ass mujer who's you could tell has been through a lot. Is very much head bitch in charge of herself, mm. and is giving us great music and writing songs as professionally. So I hope that we can get to hear a lot more of her songs in the time to come. Right. And fíjate que sí is one of her newest hits. Mm-hmm. I love that song. Love that song, but dude, I've been obsessed, obsessed with her version of Fijate Que Si. Mm-hmm. Because her voice is just so beautiful, so, like I said, so mature. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't sound like she's trying too mm-hmm. hard. It just sounds like this is just who she is. And I really appreciate that. And I just also wanted to say, the last thing I'll say, is that, yeah, it's not the first Fijate Que Si, right? It's the, it's the song about well i'm fucking heartbroken you like you got me fucked up but at the same time (laughs) i still i still love you so fíjate que si you know it's the si te pudiera mentir by marco antonio solis Mm -hmm. you know si te pudiera mentir te diría que que si i don't know you have anything to to say about erica um i mean We've had episodes on, like, where we talk about mujeres. Well, the lack of mujeres within the industry. Um, we're at least, like, on stage. But having Erika doesn't, like, remove the fact that we need more mujeres in the industry. But it's good to see, like, Erika come up within the banda world. Um so that we're not just always caught up on, like, the men composers, like Espinosa Paz, Horacio, is that what's his name, and Luciano. So it's like, there are mujeres who are writing these songs that men don't have that emotional range. 
and but yet are the ones singing about it yet their audience is on mujeres and so it's good to to share to the world that actually what you're seeing was like written by a mujer who like changed the lyrics to you know to have other people sing it so yeah i had no idea right I you wouldn't no have yeah. known and i had her in my mind for a while because i've heard her music before but mm-hmm. i never connected the dots that she was composing and then there's like an apple apple music has composer playlists oh shit and she has a playlist oh shit so hey shout out erica vidrio <laughs> we'd love to come visit you at your ranch <laughs> for real we want to teach little chicanitas about how you are out here composing mm-hmm. and being a shiro so hey love happy it. valentine's day borracho de amor fíjate que si quien es usted yes quien es usted y'all go it. listen to it so here we're, we're gonna leave you with her version mm-hmm. well the original version mm-hmm. fíjate que si Que yo no te quiero Ni estando borracha Recordarte puedo Fuiste un pasatiempo Algo no importante Sufro tu ausencia Fácil olvidarte Quisiera gritarte en la cara Tengo a otro y la verdad es que lo hace Mucho mejor que tú No te necesito quien te dijo que te Cool. Okay, so now to the actual heartbreak of this episode. Our heartbreak. Yes. And so we we knew that we wanted the theme of this episode to be heartbreak. And then once we started throwing out ideas, you know, we started thinking like, what kind of music do you listen to when, you know, you're heartbroken? What grupo, you know, gives you that healing during that moment? But also trying to think about there are some times when you're heartbroken and that's not necessarily about romantic partnerships and like what songs are out there that allow you to heal through that. And so... um we want to talk about like the heartbreak of having a parent or parents passing away because that's a real deep ass heartbreak yes it makes me nervous when it starts to laugh yeah (laughs) the most um popular song about your parents passing away is the alejandro fernandez and vicente fernandez version of uh, cuando sea, yo quisiera ser grande or something like that oh that shit hurts yeah like that's a, that when you hear it you know you're about to uh, feel some kind of shit and so there are a lot of other songs that talk about 
parents passing away mm-hmm. yeah so when i so mm-hmm. i wanted to bring this topic to the podcast because i was listening to Mrs. falta papa by pancho barraza and mm-hmm. we want to play that for y'all mm-hmm. um and then talk about why this song mm-hmm. has just got us thinking about this yeah. This song is really fucking sad, and I was thinking about it because am I just gonna always be talking about how I saw Pancho Barraza last year? So when I went to go see Pancho Barraza last year with my family, Pancho started singing this song, Mrs. Falta Papa, mm-hmm. and I was sitting next to my mom, and I think she said something like in my ear, like, oh, like your dad, something. So I don't know if she was saying that he was crying or that he was like really emotional but he was really singing it and i was like man i forget that my dad has a lot of feelings and that you know my dad lost his dad his dad was murdered when he was still in his mom's womb when his mom was still pregnant Mm -hmm. so he never ever had his dad so he has a lot of daddy issues Mm -hmm. and i was thinking i've been thinking a lot about my relationship to my dad and how that makes me have this relationship with his dad and i've worked a lot through that in the past couple of years through Mm -hmm. writing about it and i think i've reached a point and i was talking to ale about how a couple days ago i was i kind of had a realization about this and Mm so i started thinking about how one i've always always felt super emotional but like in a way that I don't feel about other sad things, about mm. songs that talk about parents passing away. Mm. So songs like Tres Semanas, like the video, like when I wanted to cry in college, I would just <laughs> watch Tres Semanas by Marco Antonio Solis and like ball my eyes out. Got it. Or Corona de Rosas. Mm-hmm. Especially songs about like children that come to the US and then leave their parents behind in Mexico. Like mm. that shit just breaks my fucking heart. So... A veces te gusta sufrir and you listen to this shit. Yeah. And so I started thinking about that. And then I started thinking about how I have this really irrational fear about my dad passing away for some reason. Like, I just... It's even weird to talk about it mm-hmm. in, out loud. But I was I remember being little and my dad leaving to work and me being really worried about him. Like, and crying because he wasn't home. Mm-hmm. Which doesn't have much basis because... Like, honestly, I had, you know, I'm really blessed to have a good, happy upbringing. Mm -hmm. Like, my dad, you know, we're working class as fuck, but, like, my dad had a shift where he started at six, was home when I was back from school. Like, Mm -hmm. he was always there, but for some reason, I just had this fear of him never coming back. Mm -hmm. 
And I still do now that I'm older. Like, I just really start get really nervous around my dad. Mm-hmm. For some reason, like, when he's leaving. I don't know. And it's not because of anything in particular. But then I started to realize the other day that, you know, my dad has this trauma from never meeting, meeting his dad. Mm-hmm. And I started to realize that my dad had passed on that trauma to me. Mm-hmm. he never had his dad and now I have this fear about losing my dad mm-hmm. and it's just like fuck like that's the kind of shit that we're working through in this lifetime yeah. and that I hope I won't pass on to anybody else but but yeah here we are and no, that's, real. <laughs> that's such a big heartbreak for, I know for so many folks and to lose a parent you know and as much as we talk about chosen fam also being important but like if you have that love for your parent and also your chosen fam yeah. parent right like and losing someone like that that must be incredibly rough and and i've definitely seen my dad struggle with that his whole life and so when i'm feeling sad and i just drown myself in heartbreak songs mm-hmm. that's probably the kind of heartbreak song that like uh, will make mm-hmm. me feel the most sad yeah that hits you deep that hits me deep so yeah I try not to listen to heartbreak music that often because mm-hmm. it does fucking get me in some type of mood. But yeah. if I'm there, I'm there and that's what I'm going to listen to. So that's how I'm starting off with is, you know, I think we should also hold that there's different types of heartbreak. And one of that kind of heartbreak is the heartbreak of the trauma that's been passed down to you and how mm-hmm. you're, you know, having to work through that. And that's like your life, your life mission. Yeah. And I think when you do have someone that you love pass away like that heartbreak it's like you you heal from it but it's something that you also have to just like it's how do i explain this like with romantic love i want to say that you heal through it there's the ups and downs but you know hopefully you get another chance at love through like another romantic partner but when someone that you love passes away it's a different kind of healing of the heart where you have to like really just like be real with the fact that this person isn't coming back no matter what our interpretations of death are and all that stuff like they're not physically here anymore and that's healing that heartbreak i want to say um, it might be generalizing, but it's like it's a different kind of heartbreak that we never talk about, right? Um, we always just sympathize when when we hear about it, but we never talk about it in terms of heartbreak. And I'll say I was listening, not listening. I was watching the third or fourth episode of the the Mary Kondo show, where one of the episodes is of um, a mujer who has to get rid of her um husband's stuff who has passed away and just watching her deal with like the physical like material stuff of her husband that it's really hard to watch and it's something in that heartbreak process that we never think about um it's like what do you do with the stuff once your loved one passes away if you have that responsibility and it was just really heartbreaking to see and something that like i'm not prepared to do um but yeah it's like i want to say it's like a completely different kind of heartbreak and a different kind of healing um that we don't 
talk about often. Again, because it might just be our own fear of death and stuff, but. Right. It's deep. It's deep. <laughs> so what is another kind of heartbreak out of there that, you know, mm-hmm. gets you in the mood to listen to? When you think about it, you want to hear some, <laughs> some sad fucking heartbreak songs. Another heartbreak, and I think this is the heartbreak that we never ever talk about, is breaking up with your friend, your best friend, whatever. Um, I th- We never talk about how to deal with that. I think because we don't value like friendships the same way that we value romantic relationships um but what was i saying (laughs) but yeah no i think there are tons of songs that talk about breaking up with your friend and i think one of the most dramatic ones is which isn't musica regional mexicana it's bachata Uh, with Don Omar and Aventura and we all know the storyline where you know Don Omar essentially slept with Romeo Santos partner and you you verbally hear uh, you verbally hear you hear you hear hear Romeo essentially ending that relationship Um, which a lot of the times I think realistically doesn't happen I think we're not as firm and clear to define boundaries within friendships, which leads us to when we do break up with our friend, it's never, like, we just drift apart. We never just say, like... We're over. Yeah, this isn't working out. It's best if we just end it, which is really weird. Um, but again, I think it's just this emphasis on, you know, upholding romantic hetero relationships over our friendship relationships which is why like valentine's day it's all about your romantic partner there's not a day where you um get a chance to celebrate your friend um so yeah we're gonna play because uh i was gonna say right because that's not really valued Mm -hmm. so it's not something that can be commodified and sold to you Mm mm-hmm True, true. And we're going to play... A, do we want to play it or are we boycotting Don Omar at the moment? Yeah, I was going to say, like, <laughs> we're, we're going to... Do you want to play it? I feel like we should boycott him for this episode. Okay, cool. So we're not going <laughs> to play it, but we will come back to Don Omar and that situation in a little bit. But before we do that, <laughs> it just reminded me... there. I was like, no, there's not other songs on it. There are hella songs. Yes. You're right, girl. Mm-hmm. I grew up with my parents' it's a romantic ass song, so we always listen to Pimpinela, and Pimpinela has this one song, which also it's the brother and sister duo that sing about loving each other. Okay. <laughs> and <laughs> they have this one called Por ese hombre, and mm. it's basically the same thing, but three people. Mm-hmm. The three people are singing, so it's like the mm. the mujer in the relationship, the hombre in the relationship, and then the other, the el otro, uh-huh. and. The two guys, their friends, and they're talking to each other about like this heartbreak, and then the mujeres in the background being like, "Dile que yo soy feliz." Mm. And then in the end, the otro is like, "Y ese hombre fui yo, soy yo." And I was like, "Damn." <laughs> 
y ahí se acaba. Yeah, no, I think, like you said, there's just no, like you can't commodify this kind of heartbreak just yet. It's coming. Um, Is there anything else you'd like to say about um, this? Yeah, I think music, while it's great in the healing process of healing a heartbreak, music sometimes also does not help in the healing process. Um, I think we're often told, like, just go listen to, like, a bunch of music. But sometimes when listening to more sad music, you just get into, like, a deeper funk. And, like, a lot of these songs are made to be more dramatic in, like, a a three-minute period. Um, So, yeah, so just realistically, sometimes I would suggest if, like, you are feeling really like shitty music might not be the best outlet to heal she says from personal experience yeah (laughs) i mean yeah let's just be real right like this um is a part of the heartbreak that we're talking about because we've experienced that breaking up with a best friend that's hard especially when there is no conversation about it happening Mm -hmm. especially when it comes on terms such as ella yo Mm-hmm. that's horrible and you know it's happened to us so yeah I also feel like when you try talking about it like oh I don't talk to this person anymore like I don't know what's going on with me and my friend like people just joke about it like it's more of like we'll just get over it. or like don't talk to them anymore or just like disposing of that relationship is made to seem a lot easier um, like trying to deny that there are real connections between you all. So it's a lot. Like we can't talk about it if we're gonna be be made fun of. And it can hurt too, right? Or it does yeah. hurt. But people don't talk about it conventionally, like the same hurt that you feel breaking up with your partner. But it does hurt. Mm-hmm. You remember what you and that person had, and yeah, I know, and I can. Yeah, no, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, because it, it's it, it's its own heartbreak. Mm-hmm. It's if you have a recent heartbreak with a friend, I say treat it almost the same as a romantic heartbreak. Deal with it. Take your time. Yeah, try learning something through that. Heartbreak does play a, a really big role in the kind of music that is in Musica Regional Mexicana, mm-hmm. especially increasingly so as there's much more Chicano, chi, you know, Chicano representation in Musica Regional Mexicana. Mm-hmm. You know, we're in this particular position where we are in the U.S. talking about Musica Regional Mexicana, mm-hmm. and we're dealing with the heartbreak of being here and Mm -hmm. for better for worse and everything that our families have had to go through so Mm -hmm. we wanted so we think about heartbreak in a lot of different ways and and so we wanted to give y'all a poppin heartbreak playlist that you can visit Mm -hmm. to deal with your shit and we'll be there right with you so our favorite heartbreak songs for you we have plenty of them know this (laughs) Ale has archives of them. Mm-hmm. 
and this is obviously a much bigger topic a much bigger emotion feeling but Mm -hmm. we for purpose of our anti-valentine's day episode Mm -hmm. have some that we want to highlight for you so yeah i think i have a few that i'm gonna highlight but i think how i pick these songs is like okay so i've been alone for like three four years but every single time valentine's day comes up it's like like i've i'm okay with being alone but I feel like every single time Valentine's Day comes, it's like I have to reconfirm with myself that I'm okay. Um, and so a lot of my songs are also just validating, like, it's okay to still be dealing with the trauma that happened years ago. Um, because, like, that was some real shit. And, and it's okay to, like, still be heartbroken over something that happened years ago and so yeah um so i'm not technically right now heartbroken but i think my cancer moon loves to like feel something even if i'm not feeling it Ooh. like if it's not authentic like my heart loves to like constantly stay in that mood which is one good because i feel like it allows me to deal with it and like talk through it but i feel it sometimes makes me the victim which is why i i said like music sometimes doesn't help because for me at least listening to sad music of where they did me wrong doesn't sometimes let me take accountability of what i did wrong um and so yeah that's my like little chat (laughs) But the first song that I want to talk about is the song that has made me cry the most out of any love song. And it's like instantly. I had to stop listening to it for like a good like year or so. Because as soon as I heard it, I would just start crying. And it has the most basic lyrics. But it it, it stabbed me at the right time. And I'm still dealing from that wound of that, like, song. Um, And so that song is by Proyecto X. This is another song thrown on me by my sister. Um, I've never heard of them. That's the only song I've ever listened to them. Um, (laughs) But it's Y al final quede sin ti. And it's essentially, it it just goes like this. (laughs) Que no puedo superar tu adiós por más que intentado No merezco esto que tú me hiciste Si todo te he dado Mas no moriré Me cuesta creer Tantos planes que teníamos juntos Se me hace imposible ¿Te acuerdas cuando me dijiste somos invencibles? Parece fallar. ¿Qué pasó con los te quiero? Dime cuándo te olvidaste de mis besos. Se supone según fui todo en tu vida. Que ahora Hey, I got some deep feelings. Um, I live for that shit, though. I really Mm -hmm. like 
there's a lot going on in that song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like I said right now, like it makes me... Listening to it makes me want to curl up in a ball. Like I feel really insecure listening to it. Mm. Um, which I think... You feel vulnerable. Yeah. Um, so next... <laughs> um, oh, I love this song. It's uh, by Banda Carnaval Desde Cuando No Me Quieres. That one, I think this is a very genius song. The title is straight to the point. Very, I love songs that are just in your face, exactly how I'm feeling. Like, desde cuando no me quieres. And in the song, it literally is saying, like, at one point, did you stop loving me and start loving this other person? And why didn't you tell me? Yeah, like, why couldn't you just, like, fucking communicate to me that you, like, started liking this other person? Because if you would have just said that, I would have been able to move on and not look like a dumbass. Mm. Um, and I think, again, this song came out like a few years ago and came out just in time for me to like fall in love with it for personal reasons. But I think <laughs> this is just a, like a very oh. classic song by Vanda Carnaval and it's extremely well written, performed very well. Um, I just, I, I love it. Um, I think it's one of their best songs. And Mandan Carnaval gives a pretty good show. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's yeah. play it for the people. So, desde cuando no me quieres, bitch. Ooh. Tu rayas el amor. Desde cuando no me quieres. Hace cuánto te cansaste y lo callaste. Por temor a lastimarme, amor. Desde cuando te perdí, hace cuánto estás aquí. So I just been wanting to interrupt you uh-huh. because I want to talk a little bit about when these songs come up mm-hmm. because I haven't been in this situation before, mm-hmm. but I have plenty of friends who have, and I just want to share a little bit. Shout out to all my loyal friends, <laughs> <laughs> loyalty, 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 because so I have a um, you know like my sign is cancer i'm a mm-hmm. cancer son but i'm much more reserved about my emotions and so mm-hmm. but i think one of the ways in which like that motherly mm-hmm. like just overbearing part of myself cancer part of myself really does come out is mm-hmm. like when shit like this happens to my friends yes i fucking that shit yes blows me like <laughs> i cannot like i True. hold these grudges on behalf of my friends mm-hmm. and i'll probably hold them for the rest of my life yeah like if you like if someone's done my homegirl mm-hmm. dirty i will hate you yeah <laughs> and i will hate you forever so there are plenty of people <laughs> on my blocked list like 
how you know who you are like you're into shit in me you ain't shit <laughs> and fuck you and go pay my friend because mm-hmm. all of you have us are mm-hmm. are now working in corporate jobs mm-hmm. i'm talking to a bunch of you mm-hmm. and you owe my friends money true so cough up bitch <laughs> i'm <laughs> mad at you and we can't be friends right because i don't think that we're all meant to be friends true. You I'm done. What, you know what's so funny, though? I feel... Well, we're the, like, opposite of each other. But I feel like when I was going through stuff, I didn't want to deal with the feelings because of my Sagittarius son. Uh-huh. But they were there because of my Cancer moon. And you being the opposite, I feel like you taught me to just deal with my feelings instead of continuing uh-huh. to push them back. And because I did deal with my feelings, which were a lot, I am now where I am. And I've healed through it because I didn't, like, continue to push him back, which I easily could have. And I had a lot of feelings, which is why it took me, like, a year and so, like, to get over it. But I did because, like, people like Cynthia that just allowed me to just deal with it at the moment instead of holding it in and, like, carrying on the trauma of, like, past relationships onto new ones. Mm -hmm. Cool. And you're a better bitch now, hey. True. Um, Fuck you. <laughs> true. But I mean, part of why I think I've... Part of why I'm, like, still alone, I think it is because I've healed. If I didn't heal, I would be with someone else. Mm-hmm. Trying to find the comfort because I, like, wouldn't have learned to love myself. And that's why your parents think we're together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so my third song um, that I'm going to feature is a song that I didn't realize I loved until today going through Hell the, yeah. the playlist. Hell I yeah. I love this song. <laughs> this song is the shit. Mm-hmm. It's by Banda Cuisillos, A veces Yoro. That shit, ah. Oh. I like, I was doing the playlist here on the table and then I had to like go into my room and just like <laughs> let it out. I was like, this shit is so Curl good. up into a ball. Yes. Dude, my love for Vanda Cuisillos is so deep, so I'm so mm-hmm. happy to see them here. And I've been dealing with like mm-hmm. my love for them, but also just their weird appreciation for mm-hmm. their indigenous descendancy. But we'll handle that in another episode. <laughs> yes. They're... They're just, they make the best romantic songs, yes. honestly, hands down. Mm-hmm. And I think it, they're, I think their lead singer just passed away last year. Um, but yeah, no, here's Aveses Yoro. You probably haven't heard it in a while, but... I think that's it. Mm-hmm. 
think we just need to sit him down and give him a lecture. But <laughs> damn, there's there. This is why I listen to when I'm feeling sad. Right? It's cuisillos. It's como sufro. Mm-hmm. It's fucking all of their because really they have albums that they they like market as like their romantic albums, right? but it's just heartbreak songs. Damn. Yeah, they're they're really good. I feel like I want someone who loves heartbreak songs just as much as me because i have tons i mean it was really hard to create like this three three song list because we each had like 10 um mm -hmm. no keep going oh no i was just gonna say my other top favorite because we each have the top six um our me tocó perder by los recuerditos we know that's your fave yes preferably live love it flaco does no wrong to me um Reencuentro by Banda Pequeños Musical. Ooh, that's a good one. This song was my favorite song in high school. Really? Yes. You're so paisa. I love it. <laughs> but I never told anyone because this was still during my phase of like denying of like who I was and shit and, or just trying to come together with everything. But yeah, no, I, I fell in love with it in Mexico. That's where I heard it. And yeah, I love them. And it hurts. And I, in high school, I was like, who the fuck hurt me? I have no idea, but this is my free song. Um, and then I love En Eso No Quedamos by Los Sebastianes. Of course, Aban Sebastianes could not could be missing. Yes, I love them. That song also really stabs me in the heart. Because um, it's similar to Desde Cuando No Me Quieres. Um, oh, no, no, no. Wait, what did I say? What did I say as the title? Well, basically, the title is actually... En eso no quedamos. I feel like I said en eso no You said, me tocó perder. Did I say that? Anyways. No. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> no, I mean, I just have a habit of, like, mixing words up. Um, but yeah, en eso no quedamos. That just hurts. It hurts real bad. Because it's, again, people's lack of, a, like, of their ability Communication. to... Communication. Mm-hmm. Yep. I was watch rewatching the video for En Eso No Quedamos, mm -hmm. and Rafael Kelly really se luce in that video. <laughs> I'm just saying. He looked real good. Yeah. I love that video because they got into a fight, him and the newer singer. But, like, if you really look at the video, some of the bandmates in the background are laughing at this, like, dramatic, like, scene. Because they're not actors, right? But they're laughing at, like, their bandmates, like, pretending to be getting it at each other yeah and it's so stupid because it's <laughs> Rafael Kelly goes into his room to like be mad and throw mm -hmm. shit and then he falls like a baby fetus yeah <laughs> into his bed crying yeah he's, I love it yeah he's something else yeah but those are my songs what about you mm, this is really hard like you said I was like damn when we were gonna put this episode together I was like Ale, why are we talking about heartbreak I don't <laughs> deal with that shit and then my bitch ass was then like... Then we threw it all up. It was like, Ale, any little shit breaks my heart. Mm -hmm. She's like, yeah, we all know this, except for you. So, <laughs> yeah, I get heartbroken really about anything, and like really easily. But mm -hmm. I don't think about it as much as I should. So, I have some songs mm -hmm. that I want to bring to this episode to talk about other kinds of heartbreak and we'll play mm -hmm. some of them so first honestly my all-time favorite song that makes me sad mm -hmm. is por amor a mi pueblo mm -hmm. by los bukis that is a song mm -hmm. like a classic so 
Los Bookies is someone who I would love to talk about at death and write a whole book about because mm-hmm. every song is just really important to mm. their... To society. To society <laughs> and to who they were as people. So, Por Amor a Mi Pueblo is basically this little... Because it's a short song mm-hmm. where the singer is talking about how he just works really hard mm-hmm. he's like providing for his family i mean come on y'all it sounds really stupid right it sounds very like mm-hmm. against our beliefs but come on it's it's such a beautiful story of just oh just paying tribute to your to the people that come before you to the earth mm-hmm. when you really think about it but mm-hmm. amor a mi pueblo a la tierra donde descansa papá y abuelo and i just cry because i like that's my dad you know like just trying to mm-hmm. pay tribute to his dad who he never met and trying to provide for me and my sister and my mom like that's what i think mm-hmm. about and it really hurts because this is a song talking about just the you are from this place you know but i'm what i'm like he doesn't name like it's not a city it's not chicago it's not me you know like it's mm-hmm. it just is and that's really i think a part of our indigenous beliefs like yeah. this is our responsibility to the earth because we are the earth mm-hmm. yeah and if you think about it like pueblo could in like in this song could really just mean like home mm-hmm. or my people mm-hmm yeah, and so let's play a little bit of this song. on the song but <laughs> it could be <laughs> everyone's covering every bookie song that exists mm-hmm. anyway true and it really informs a different perspective of regional mexicana mm-hmm. and i have used this in academic papers before okay <laughs> this song so <laughs> check it out because it really brings you back to the heartbreak i think that is mm-hmm. You know, colonialism is so many things. It's it's violence. It's mm-hmm. completely eradicated our worldview mm-hmm. that we had, and it's the heartbreak of like never being able to return. Right. It's the heartbreak of like we can't go back because that doesn't exist anymore, right. and it never will. Mm-hmm. And I think when I realized that, and when I started to learn that, that really broke me. I think right. when a lot of people start to learn about who they are, their family, their roots, or just history, like our history, black and brown history, indigenous history, you learn that you do, like, it sounds so simple, but you do come to this point where you learn that 
there was all of this that used to exist and that you can never go back you mm-hmm. can't bring it back and it just it just doesn't exist anymore even if we fight towards a liberated future what ha- we had mm-hmm. we'll never have again and there's so much that has been lost and i really feel that when i see you know mm-hmm. other friends with other ancestries that are standing in these like thousand mm-hmm. year old buildings that still exist and i'm just like damn like mm-hmm. so much of our shit was destroyed and right and there's a lot but i think that's one of the biggest heartbreaks that i'll ever have is the heartbreak of colonialism and just this melancholy right this longing for something that will never be and you know for better for worse right like there's stuff from the past that we don't want to continue but but there also this did happen and and it has wreaked wreaked hundreds of years of Mm -hmm. havoc in our lives and they're like immortal technique says right the point of no return i don't know how this is going to come out but i saw somewhere how a lot of our tools or how we go about talking about like getting to that point of liberation are are very like still centered in masculinity Uh and patriarchy and i think it's interesting that when we talk about like colonialism we don't talk about that heartbreak of how essentially it is heartbreak right but we're not even within our circles we're not allowed to feel that heartbreak. It's more of like just toughen up because we got other shit to battle. Um, and so like there's still not that space to heal from it because there are so much like other stuff that we have to tackle in all of this. But it's like heartbreak is also missing sometimes when we talk about colonialism. Mm-hmm. Um, right, And we don't talk about it, but it's so obvious and obviously these aren't my original ideas mm-hmm. because we all talk about this sadness mm-hmm. for something that we can't ever return to right so por amor a mi pueblo by los bookies and at kind of like a different <laughs> part of my life mm-hmm. so i think the next song that i want to bring and the next thing that to talk about mm-hmm. is how popular heartbreak is now in mm-hmm. music and we've talked about this in when we introduced pandamanticas mm-hmm. how commercial it has come to write romantic songs but mm-hmm. also these like really just in your face cursi songs about heartbreak mm-hmm. and so that is banda ms to a t <laughs> to a t true so I'm thinking of their songs. I'm thinking of A Lo Mejor. I'm thinking mm-hmm. about Sigue, even though La Poderosa San Juan has a better mm. version of Sigue, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. And Las Cosas No Se Hacen Así. Oh my God, Las Cosas No Se Hacen Así. True. That song hurts. True. Oh my God, I kept playing the song all the time. Mm-hmm. Not last year, but the year before when it mm-hmm. came out. I think it wasn't like a popular song mm-hmm. that they had, too popular. But those lines, it's so stupid, but for some reason, like, I just feel it. Up and well, I mean, it's true. It's like, what one, Banda Mesa has a way of, like, hypnotizing you into, like, just getting into that instant sadness um, that you were never asking for. But, like, again, it's like, las cosas no se hacen así. It's, again, it's like, in this heartbreak, we all could be 
avoiding healing, not healing, hurting a lot of people if we just fucking talked about it. Like, we don't have to agree. We could each go our separate ways. But if there was a moment where we could sit down and talk about it, there would be no need to, like... Ave is a big advocate for communication. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> las cosas no se hacen así, and we all know que no se hacen así, right? But we still do them. So that line, right? Me lo hubieras dicho. <laughs> no tengo 18. Yo tengo right. 18. Ya no soy un niño. Pude haber jugado yo también contigo. Yeah, that's a little twisted. Like, yes. We all know that sometimes women can't, like, we do fear our partners, and we can't always just open up and tell them, like, hey, I don't really want to be with you because we are scared of the reaction. Um, but then even this line is, like, I could have played with you, too. It's like, no, <laughs> that's not what you're supposed to do. But but sometimes, yeah, and that's just, mm-hmm. las cosas no se hacen así. It's, this song, I think the reason why I like it so much is because that's the kind of, where I come from when I'm like trying to express why I feel bad about it it's like mm. you like I'm trying to be that like cancer mom like las cosas no se hacen así like mm-hmm. tu crees que eso está bien you mm. don't like no yeah. you don't we don't do things like that here mm-hmm. but sometimes we do apparently <laughs> and then you have right, fucking a lo mejor which is that heartbreak song mm-hmm. that when you're at a concert you're just like fuck pero que no olvida el amor de su vida en un par de días. That, who, that I don't line, know who, wrote, who that wrote that? Who broke your heart? But that shit was genius. I think I had like um, a revelation when I heard those lyrics. It's like, true, if they walked out, then they weren't the love of your life. Si me olvidas, no fui en verdad. No fui el amor de tu vida. True. So, Banda MS, we know mm-hmm. it's clear they do have good heartbreak songs. Yeah. So what, which one do you want me to play? Let's I don't, on. because they're overplayed. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but we, the other heartbreak song mm-hmm. that I wanted to mention is Te Ira Mejor Sin Me, John Sebastian, a classic. A classic. Te Ira Mejor Sin Me es moral y la pago con creces te irá mejor sin mí hazte un favor no vuelvas es la oportunidad que tu vida resuelva yo no soy El hombre que tú quieres, mi problema es bello y son mujeres. John Sebastian is, for lack of a better word, a problematic fave. <laughs> Talk about why later. But his estate or whatever mm-hmm. just recently released a new album. Mm. I don't really know why. Why? But yeah. I was listening to it the other day and I was like, mm-hmm. fuck, I love this song. Mm-hmm. Te irá mejor sin mí. This song is the classic fuckboy song of <laughs> Yo, you deserve better. Mm-hmm. It's not you, it's me. It's not you, it's me. You deserve better. Go on. But I can't just grow up enough to be that better. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So this song is that heartbreak of just 
Omris out here being basic. Or passing <laughs> on the responsibility of not hurting other, like, mujeres onto other men. Yes. Right? Because yeah. you're not willing to be accountable. For but it's also that. the fuckboy thing of, like, it's misogynistic because it's mm-hmm. also right, saying, he's also saying, Tira mejor sin me. Like, I'm telling you. Like, I'm giving you these instructions. Mm-hmm. I know better for you. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm the good guy here because I'm letting you go to have a better mm-hmm. life. Like, what kind of shit is that? Yeah. Tira mejor sin mm-hmm. me. Fuck you. And this is... Mm-hmm. I mean, that's John Sebastian. Like, <laughs> he's not a model guy right this man cheated on so many of his partners with them without telling them and caused a lot of people a lot of pain was also on some creeper shit but he this is so characteristic of him and his style Mm -hmm. of misogyny so the soft guitar talking about how much of a bad person he is but he's recognizing it right so he has to be better or he is better, supposedly. Mm-hmm. Right. And I just wanted to also mention that he did release this new album. Or his family released this new album, John Sebastian, Rest in Peace. And for some reason, when he passed away, I really felt it. And I felt really sad. Really? Yeah, I was at his last concert in Chicago when he was, like, about to fall off his horse. Oh, shit. Because he was so sick. And he's just, like, he is essentially a viejo rabo verde <laughs> and he has a version of no la voy a engañar arrolladora song mm-hmm. and i was really worried because he's a viejo he was a viejo so why are you like he's still singing about the song but obviously he would be the person to sing no la voy a engañar because mm-hmm. that's all he ever did to sure. mujeres. <laughs> that's funny but at least in this video it's black and white he looks oldest you know todo acabadito and he's singing Lo Voy a Engañar. Mm-hmm. And at least he's not being a creeper with some mujer in the video. And it's just him True. expressing his emotions, I guess. And playing his guitar. The guitar part, I never knew you could sing No La Voy a Engañar in this way. Mm. I almost like it. Okay. <laughs> I do like it. So that's the other song that I wanted to bring. And the heartbreak of, yeah, celebrities pass away too. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you do feel that pain. True. Also, just quickly mention that... El Lujo de Tenerte, mm-hmm. also one of my favorite heartbreak songs. Regulo Caro does do heartbreak songs, and he does do them well. <laughs> yes. He also did Voy a Pistearme el Dolor. It's super good. It's super good. We must protect him at all costs, y'all. Mm-hmm. He is now not. He is now under his own independent <laughs> record label. We must protect him. Mm-hmm. Then our always favorite fucking badass bitch, mm-hmm. Cynthia La Grande Silva, who... I know has some surprises for folks on the horizon. True. She, the album that she released, was just it's just a heartbreak album, and that's how she describes it herself. So in interviews, it's a fucking heartbreak album. Mm-hmm. These songs are so good. I could easily see them being yeah. on the radio and being hits, but they're not. Mm-hmm. And that starts with um, "Me está doliendo," but also "De nada mm-hmm. me ha servido." So. Mm-hmm. Let's play one of these for you. Duele, 
Mirarte ahora caminando de su mano Haber perdido lo mejor que me ha pasado Que fue tenerte y por un tiempo haberte amado Duele querer borrarte de mi ser con otras bocas Porque al final hasta mi piel tiene memoria de cada vez que yo te amé, de cada hora Me está doliendo que nuestra historia se haya convertido So my last song is that I probably learned the most about heartbreak from sitting in my parents' car listening to sad songs And that's probably why I am the way that I am And so the, the last song that I really love about heartbreak is Amor se escribe con llanto by Guardianes del Amor. If you don't know, you just don't know. This song is fucking hit. And Guardianes del Amor, if you don't know them, which is okay, they're famous probably for the fucking Titanic Spanish song that everyone plays at their fucking quinceañera. They wrote, mm. they did that song. And I just learned this the other day, but apparently one of the Guardianes del Amor singers Speaking of heartbreak, mm -hmm. speaking of ella y yo, dated Priscilla from Priscilla y mm -hmm. Balas de Plata, homophobic Priscilla, mm -hmm. another episode. And at the same time they were dating, when they were dating, was, I think, when she started to see Gustavo from Los Temerarios. Damn. Yeah. And she's out here preaching about all this bullshit. And she's still out here, Catolica is fuck. Girl, if that's who you are, that's who you are. Just embrace it. Don't be out here like... Santa Maria. Damn. Gossip. So, yeah. I don't know if we should play it or not. Yeah, we should. Okay. Sé de todos los hombres Soy el que más te ha querido Pero también que de todos Soy el que más ha sufrido Cuando a quien diste el alma, un día te dice adiós. Amor se escribe con llanto, con llanto del corazón. Eso me enseñó la vida, eso me enseñó tu amor. So this is obviously a grupera song, but imagine this is a banda song. <laughs> and my mom says I have el corazón de grupera, so I don't know what that means, but that's my last song. So yeah, those are some of our top favorite heartbreak songs of all time. But we couldn't do this episode if we didn't break down. Mm -hmm. And we won't do this for too long. But if we didn't break out down some of the most popular mm -hmm. heartbreak songs of the moment. Mm -hmm. You've all heard Adios Amor and A Través del Vaso. Yeah. And so we want to talk about a little bit about both of these songs and what they like, what makes them. But also talk about 
why we think both of these songs are popular what is it about like heartbreak that is captivating our like generation obviously adios amor was really big for a really long time to the point where i think if i still listen to adios amor it's annoying but it's essentially what made cristian olal what he is now um and so if you've seen the video for cristian's uh nolal's adios amor you get this um the video is like in um it's super jalisco because yes but he's not from Jalisco. No. But it's super Jalisco because it's mariachi music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's almost kind of really innocent um, and typical of like where he likes this girl. But then the girl ends up flirting with like the bartender or something. And he sees them and then just is super devastated. And something that I didn't know and found out through the knowledge of Cynthia's cousin was that this is not an original. This is actually a cover. No, and I'm sad. I'm (laughs) sad that I didn't know this, and I'm sad that I didn't fucking know this because I really like the the people who are... Mm -hmm. um, It's the fucking Darre who did the song originally. It's a Reyes de la Sierra song, and... The Reyes de la Sierra are accordion goals. Like, mm-hmm. they are so... You know, that's what they're known for, What he's known for. And I'm just like, fuck. I'm a fake. <laughs> <laughs> but we're bringing... But, yeah, my cousin was the one who let us know. Nos mandó mensajito. Mm-hmm. So, shout out, America. True. Ma prima, who lives in Guanajuato. So, we wanted to include a clip of her breaking down the history of this song. La Malandrina Radio. Yo soy América y les mando un saludo grande desde Guanajuato. Quiero hablar sobre el post que hicieron hace algunos días de Cristian Nodal y la canción Adiós Amor. Yo, eh, teniendo la fortuna de ser cercana a Cintia, una de sus locutoras, me, me di a la tarea de platicarle sobre el verdadero origen de la canción. Esta canción tan famosa, Adiós Amor, que catapultó a la fama a, a Cristian Nodal. En realidad es una canción ya bastante vieja, desde el 2008. Esta canción yo la conocí por una amiga mía eh, de Michoacán. Resulta que yo estudié en la universidad en, en La Piedad, Michoacán, y esta compañera mía estaba eh, viviendo en Morelia cuando de repente hizo un cambio de universidad y llegó a vivir conmigo. Allá en Michoacán, desde que yo llegué, vi una cultura muy, eh, muy de banda, muy de corridos, narcocorridos, y, y yo conviviendo con ella, pues me, me empecé a tener un gusto muy grande por esta música. Yo eh, escuché esta canción por allá en el 2010, que fue cuando yo tuve este acercamiento a la música, y fue cuando me di cuenta de esta canción tan bonita, Adiós, Mi Amor, así es como se llama, la cantan los Dareyes de la Sierra, antes conocidos como los Salteños de la Sierra. Resulta que se cambiaron el nombre porque tuvieron un atentado allá en Chihuahua, y mataron a cuatro de sus miembros. Eh, pues Las especulaciones dicen que fue porque pues ellos sí tenían algo que ver con, con eh, los narcotraficantes, pero eh, Darey Castro, que es el sobreviviente de, del grupo, 
el, el, en muchos videos que pueden observar ustedes en internet, él, él, él platica que pues no, en realidad ellos fueron a cantar, eh, como su género también es de narcocorridos, una canción no le gustó al público y pues de ahí se desató la, la masacre. Entonces eh, yo los invito a que escuchen a Los Dareyes de la Sierra, son un grupo con muchas canciones muy padres, narcocorridos y pues otra otro... Otra cosa muy interesante de los Dareyes es que a raíz de ese atentado ya no volvieron a México porque están amenazadas de muerte y pues el único que sobrevive es el manager y, y Darey Castro, que es la voz de los ahora Dareyes de la Sierra. La canción es eh, para mí una de mis favoritas, la de Adiós mi amor. Cuando la escuché con, con, este, con Cristian Nodal a mí me gustó también mucho, pero pues yo recuerdo con nostalgia la original, porque pues con ella tuve muchos momentos muy padres en la universidad. Eh, fue la, es la versión que yo conozco y primero conocí y la que más me gustó, porque la canta también con mucho sentimiento. Y pues nada, ahí les mando un saludo, espero que... que esto ayude a la audiencia y este saludos a todos. And we're back. So one thing that my cousin, you know, to go along with what my cousin said is that that is la Sierra, super known for that song. Hasta el día de hoy. The accordion, y'all. <laughs> so But when they did this, when he did the song, it was originally con banda. And it wasn't adios amor, it was adios mi amor. Mm. Which, my, like my cousin said. And that has been kind of low-key recently, uh, or over the years. Just because he had this, like, really bad narco incident in 2004. Mm. But it's really cute because a lot of people look up to him. Mm-hmm. A lot of younger people in the genre look up to him. Mm. Cristian Nodal really looks up to him. And so they had this really cute moment where, obviously, Cristian became popular off of this mm-hmm. Sarre song. So then Cristian, who's also a composer, wrote a song, Que Tal, for Darre to sing, which oh, he does now. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow, I had no idea. So Adios Amor, why do people really feel those fucking lyrics? I think it's Adios Amor like the play on words it's like it's really easy to just throw it out um and i think adios amor a lot of the times you do hear like when there's a heartbreak just get over it but you still love them as you're trying to heal and so i think adios amor plays on the whole like i love you but it's just not this isn't it and it's like still soft in my opinion it's like yes it's like in that healing process when you still love them but you know it's never coming back and so you're still not to the point where you hate them and are cursing them out it's in that like beginning stage of like this hurts so much i love but maybe you. we'll get back together <laughs> yeah and so i'm still referring to you as amor right that's the lyrics mm-hmm. um right it's like Damn, you failed. Like, I'm disappointed in you. Right. It's not like I hate you yet. It's like I'm disappointed in you, which sometimes hurts more. It's the, 
las cosas no se hacen así. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I think it also plays into the fact that one, it was mariachi, and I think you don't hear mariachi songs as much. Um, and so I think, well, in the radio, like commercial, um, I think made it somewhat new, like a, a new sound. And I think it does have to do with the fact that Christian is so young mm-hmm. and attracts that younger... There's a little teenage heartthrob mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. So the song really plays into like that like younger generation heartbreak. And I think with this song, so I remember going to La Feria de Mi Pueblo mm-hmm. and everyone was singing the song and I didn't even know I was singing it because <laughs> I think I guess I'd heard it a couple of times mm-hmm. and all of a sudden I knew all the words right. <laughs> like out of nowhere, magicamente. And everyone's fucking singing the song at like three in the morning in this feria. Mm-hmm. And that was probably a year, year and a half before it got big in the U.S. Because mm-hmm. I heard it there and I yes. liked it, but I didn't think too much about it because I wasn't like, oh, this is like la mera mera onda. Right. And so when it got popular in the U.S., I was like, oh, come on. But I think it was popular in Mexico because mm-hmm. there was already that antecedente of like, oh, yeah, this song exists already. Right, and I know it, so I can sing to it, yeah. I agree. Adios amor, y'all. There is much more to it than just mm-hmm. the yeah. memes about it. Right. <laughs> and I mean, like, you heard, this song was big for a really long time. Like, this is a song that everyone was singing in the World Cup in Russia as, like, the Mexican national anthem. Um, oh, is that what you meant by when you mm-hmm. said that? Oh, bitch, I was lost. <laughs> yeah, during the World Cup, there was a moment or, like, clips that were going around of, like, Mexicans singing Adios Amor as a group, but, like, but like that was the national anthem, um, but yeah, no. I mean, I think heartbreak is again like a universal feeling. We've all been heartbroken, sadly, at one point or another, and so like that just it just goes great. Yeah, written by Salvador Garza, who hurt him, and it's a little bit less violent than the yes. Nash, Mexican national anthem. Yes. <laughs> so that's Adios Amor, but now the Adios Amor of twenty late 2018, 2019 mm-hmm. is without a fucking doubt A Través del Vaso. Yes, by my loves, Los Sebastianes. I told y'all they were coming. I told you they were coming. We yeah. ready. <laughs> we're by Giovanni Somshe. Mm-hmm. A Través del Vaso also... A cover. Also a cover. So, I, sh- I don't know. So, there was some drama. We'll just put this out mm-hmm. there. So, this is also like an Adios Amor where I don't know when I started to f- hear this song. Mm-hmm. I can't pinpoint it at some point. But I remember when they played it at Joe's, mm-hmm. the banda that was there when we went to Joe's. And I was like, hell yeah, I know this song. But I'm like, how do I know this song? I Like, who's brainwashing us right. to buy their music? So, it's like that one. Um, do you, <laughs> you remember know I mean? iTunes? How they like at one point downloaded one CD to everyone's yes. playlist. I don't remember. Like that stupid. Was. It was like a YouTube yeah, song. Or yeah, yeah. <laughs> stupid. When I kind of started hearing it around, you know, you kind of like search for the lyrics. Mm-hmm. And I think if I would have heard the Sebastianes one, I would have known because their voice mm-hmm. is just so like mm-hmm. unique. But this, when I first. Google this to see who's saying it. I actually found the Grupo Arranque version. Mm. And Grupo Arranque 
I there's some also drama with Cooper I don't care. I don't think they exist anymore. So now it's just Karin Leon who was also singing by himself before. Oh, he was in that group? Yeah. Oh, see, I thought it was just his. Mm-mm. Mm. Well, that's what that's my analysis of things. Gotcha. Could be wrong. Okay, okay. But they released this song and then Los Sebastianes took it too. That's why in this video, which we'll talk about, where they are being interviewed by Voldemort, they go like, we're not clinging on to anyone. Like, we also, we like the song and we ran with it and it's mm-hmm. not our fault that it got so popular true. with our version. Which is true. I'll give it to Grupo Arranque. That version isn't bad. It's it's good. It's mm-hmm. more like a version. And it's just different. But with Los Sebastianes, there's something about it, right? Because it's banda. Mm-hmm. And it was just a hit. Like, hits are just hits sometimes. And with A Través del Vaso, Sebastianes, it has a really good beat with the banda. Mm-hmm. And people are really digging it. And it's mm-hmm. la fucking onda right now. Yeah. I think it's sometimes, like, you can have a really good song, but it's just it's, it just doesn't fit with the artist. And so it gets thrown around a little bit until it meets its ideal artist, which it just so happened to be Banda and Los Sebastianes. Because I think Karin's version is more of, um, the one I've heard is like an acoustic Norteño version, I think, which I don't like. I like Karin's voice, but Karin, a lot, sounds to me a lot like El Fantasma. Yes. So I don't hear like, like it's good, that version, but it's it doesn't move me. The way that Los Sebastianes moved me. Yeah. So it's, yeah, so it, I think it has less to do with the artist. Because everyone has covers. Bandas sing covers all the time. And it's not like a big argument. I think the thing here is probably money. I think, like, there must be, like, Sebastianes must be getting more attention and money through this song. That is making these other people mad. But essentially, like... Bandas do covers all the time, and you really can't control what people are gonna like and not like. I'm also just biased that like so. Seen- <laughs> <laughs> so this song is basically a song about someone who suffered some sort of mm-hmm. deception in a mm-hmm. relationship, and things ended, and mm-hmm. they're trying to superar the pain, mm-hmm. and so they're drinking and. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's just a metaphor that sticks. Mm-hmm. So I think that's yeah. also why the lyrics are so memorable. Yeah. Like, Adios Amor has the alliteration. This has, like, mm-hmm. an image, like, yes. the meme of Te mm-hmm. It's a pretty basic song mm-hmm. when you think about it. It's, like, similar to Fijate Que Si, because at the end, Te Sigo Queriendo, Te Sigo Queriendo. Right. So, relatable. Yeah, people mm-hmm. like what they like. <laughs> A través del vaso. Mm-hmm. I'll still sing it. I'm tired of hearing it so much, but I'll still sing it. I, I think I like it. I love the um. I love seeing the videos of people recording their friends sing it when right. they're like drunk, only because I think this song what it tells me is like. I'm trying to deny the feelings that I have. Mm. And so I'm drinking the feelings away, right? And so to see people then, like, cry as they're singing this song, it's like, like, why don't you just cry, like, when you're not drunk? But, like, there's a lot more to, like, people being alcoholic and, like, all that stuff. But, yeah, no, I think this song, 
in part is like people trying to deny their feelings but not being able to damn i live with that analysis yeah yeah and that's why we're all fucked up y por eso no mm-hmm. pasa no suben el salario mínimo oh <laughs> <laughs> gotcha uh, we'll just say really quickly mm-hmm. you don't have to check out the video it's pretty basic it's like mm-hmm. in Vegas or something and Rafael Kelly although Rafael Kelly te vuelves a lucir wey yeah and um, stupid video it's the typical like the mujer is wet on she's painted as this like femme fatale mm-hmm. like she's the evil one blah blah blah, blah. and she's just there like and she's tripping. just there like yeah. give her some dollars while you're at it mm-hmm. but yeah the thing that I that we did want to break bring up with this a través del vaso because you know Voldemort did have Los Sebastian is on his show talking about a través del vaso mm-hmm. it's just like banda world stop being fucking fatphobic and stop being rude mm-hmm. stop being so inhumane like honestly so Voldemort had Los Sebastian is on his show and he started mm-hmm. to make a show about chocomil right because and also that's how he refers to himself as yeah, Chocomil. That's the, lead one, that's the lead singer. Mm-hmm. Or the, one of the three. One of the mm-hmm. three. There's three lead singers and Chocomil is the oldest mm-hmm. of them. So yeah, this is a fat man who is out here, you know, like mm-hmm. leading fucking Los Sebastianes to greatness because right. most of their if you look at their repertoire, all of mm-hmm. their early songs are was, really his, him. Mm-hmm. It's really him. And he's yeah. the one who gave him like the Ooh, you, 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 you. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically, they are there. And then Pepe Garza makes a comment where he's like, Oh, tú, like, a ti no te falta comida. Or like, Yeah, so um, Pepe is asking them, like, something about, like, the tour life. And the, and um, Chocomil, Choco, Choco, what, how do you say it? Chocomil. Chocomil. Um, he essentially is the, the the person singing and representing them in, in this specific conversation. And he's like, you know what, like as people in Novanda, like we don't get enough sleep because we're always going from like place to place. Um, you, we're not well rested. And we definitely don't eat well because we're always on the road and we always have to eat out. Um, and so that really takes a toll on us. And essentially in that, like all Pepe Garza heard was, like i eat unhealthy so it's time to shame you and if you see it which i think we should post it it is so uncomfortable oh my god i was cringing and like reliving trauma yeah because you can see that this man just literally told him like was vulnerable and like opened up his life as an artist and like gets shamed and almost gets blamed like he, oh, he, he was blamed for yeah, it. Yeah, he gets blamed for, like, eating bad and, like, this, like, artist life. And the man is so visibly uncomfortable. And the sad part is, and I will, like, say this about Los Asian, is that everyone laughed as if this is already a joke within them of, like, shaming this man for his appearance. And, like, to see him not be supported, not even by his own bandmates was really upsetting and not only that i think the fact that later on los Sebastianes posted that on their ig page so that other people can laugh onto that was the upsetting part but luckily most the most of the comments were 
like in support of him and talking shit about Pepe because I think sometimes it does take that like out of um how do you say it like when you're there you're really not seeing what's going on and so like we will share that it's just as soon as I horrible horrible I was like what the like how did how do we think this is okay because for folks this is just business as usual right like two things that I will say is one Mm -hmm. I don't know if folks were like we really don't know what was going through the mind of the banda also like Rafael Kelly Mm -hmm. used to be a chubby man and he also you could tell like like he's also someone who I think Mm -hmm. has been going through it or like has this relationship to food that he's figuring out because what I saw flaquito and Mm -hmm. he just also looked really uncomfortable and Mm -hmm. shit it was so hard to watch I mean I kept watching Mm -hmm. but like yeah as like also someone that's heard comments like like Mm -hmm. that's fuck oh my god just horrible I will say that one what I was gonna say is that one I think his I don't know if it was just because everyone was just so uncomfortable Mm -hmm. or someone said something that you could tell that they cut the interview short. Mm. Usually, interviews with um, Pepe Gatz are usually like 20 Mm -hmm. minutes, more than 20 minutes, and this one was like really short. Mm -hmm. They totally cut it off. Mm -hmm. It didn't go anywhere after that. It was just not going to go anywhere. Yeah. You could tell. And then two... There's a clip in the in that video where Pepe Garza is apologizing. Oh, really? So, I didn't watch the whole <laughs> thing. I just watched the clip. So he apologized. I mean, it's the least you can do. He was basically saying that he's like, I meant it as a joke. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Of course. People also made nasty comments about me all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, cricket, cricket. <laughs> okay. No. Yeah. That's not well, option. actually, I didn't see the whole thing. And so, I mean, I, I like going back to like his bandmates not supporting them. I mean, that's what I saw. Like, that's what you see. Everyone like laughs. Yeah. But it, yeah, it must have been like, hopefully, I wouldn't hope like that uncomfortable laugh. Um, and I'm I'm glad that we, that um, Pepe's apology hasn't like become as big as this video mm-hmm. um because yeah the apology doesn't like yeah. you still meant it like you still meant to like hurt him yeah and like make a joke out of that. and people do this all the time not just like right. in our own world in our own like right. community but also in the news and mm-hmm. shout out to chocomil for interrupting that the, mm-hmm. that day that shit was not business as usual right and people had to deal with mm-hmm. being fucked up yeah and it's, it's sad that like Los Asianes are really having their moment right now with this song. Say what we want to say about the song. But um, it's sad to see that, like, regardless of what our opinions of Pepe Garza are, um, people really do look up to this man. And they, I'm sure they were really excited to be in that space and be honored for, like, the achievement that they've been able to do with this song. Because this song is, like, number one in, like, all of Latin America or some shit. Oh, shit. Um, and so... It's like I'm sure they went in there like really proud of themselves and shit and like hoping to get the respect from this man and you know like that shit turned up like real quick. And real I'm quick. glad that we're all seeing the true face of like Pepe Garza and tell like we're not like we're not just talking about him in like bad terms because we want to hate on someone. It's like this man has done stuff and he represents that mm-hmm. in the right genre. Right.
torpeda Porque esto de amarte me trajo problemas A través del vaso ya miro tu cara Las ganas de verte no se van con nada Tengo mucha prisa por ir a buscarte Anyways, um, now to talk about something that's connected to a lot of things that we've talked about and was mentioned, um, celebrity heartbreak. As we all know, celebrities at one point, like, they all fuck up and... They're regular people, just like <laughs> us. Yeah, and so when our favorite artist fucks up, like, what do we do? Like, how do we hold them accountable? All these thoughts really come to mind. And we have, like, a list of artists. Like, I used to love Maluma. Obsessed with this man before he really got big. Like, when he still performed at Rosemont, which, mm -hmm. you know, is not a thing anymore. Um, I currently love Meek Mills and, like, Don Omar and Kanye West. Like, all these artists have done pretty bad stuff um, or have upheld pretty bad stuff. And I think we wanted to talk about this because, you know, recently we did have that R. Kelly shit came up again, which we all knew, but like it was brought up to the light once again. And I remember when it came to this man, this idea or this argument of like separating the artist versus the person. Yeah. Some and, bullshit. Yeah, and being that we are like a banda podcast, we do talk about celebrity gossip and like celebrities a lot. And so we want to talk about how this idea or this argument of separating the artist versus the person is really popular of how like, let's not talk about this man, let's not interview this person, but let's continue listening to their music, right? That happens a lot with Kanye West, mm -hmm. where like a lot of us aren't able to like let go of this person because we think they're a genius, like musically, but they've also continued to show us like that. like Who they really are. Yeah, and that they support who they are. They're conscious of what they're putting out. And so I want to talk about the argument of separating the artist versus the person and how mm -hmm. this only applies to celebrities. Um, and how this argument essentially doesn't allow us to hold these people accountable because there is no separation of self and the artist. We're, it's the same person. Um, and like this standard of allowing celebrities to have the separation is essentially... What continues to allow harm to be put on, like, the everyday person? Yeah, because we idolize these people, and whatever they mm -hmm. do, we accept it as normal. And so when they do fucked up shit, then it becomes okay for us regular people to do that shit. And so Maluma is a big supporter of Israel, goes and performs in Israel. Meek Mills, essentially, like, though he's in support of prison reform it's still reform and he's still on his newest album still um features like rick ross and like rick ross is like a known abuser and like just treats women like crap and i think he has like physically hit women before 
and like we all know about it kind of stuff um Kanye West we know his like love and support for Trump and then now recently Don Omar his like homophobic um like reference when it came to the Osuna stuff and so it's interesting that when celebrities do these things it's okay and like even as much as we know better we do sometimes have that heartbreak of like our celebrity just fucked up and if this is a regular person i would not accept this behavior and so i need to cut this celebrity out of my like life and mm-hmm. whatever aspect they they come into your life and how that looks like and what that even means right because boycotting an artist doesn't really do much at the root right right yeah and so this is another heartbreak that you know we kind of want to talk about because it's real i I w- i'm still very hurt with maruma um but again <laughs> and that pain is real mm-hmm especially because we do invest a lot of time in getting to know these people as like much as we want to say uh, and money we invest a lot of money into these people and so that heartbreak is real mm-hmm. and we're here to say that your pain from that heartbreak of that artist fucking up mm-hmm. is valid yeah they did <laughs> um and like we're not here to normalize their behavior it happens a lot within the the world like we just talked about Pepe Garza. like it happens a lot where these People who are in, like, these higher positions. That you're taught that they're just, like, this untouchable icons. Right. Right. And it's not true. And I think sometimes that does... The whole idea of needing representation is what stops stops us from holding them accountable. Because we're in, like, this desperate need to have, like, an artist or musician in these spaces that were essentially never for us. And, like, twist the artist... Like, yeah, representation is what... And especially when representation is a result of colonialism, of the reality of Mm -hmm. us being absent from spaces that were created without our consent, and now Mm -hmm. all of a sudden we want to be a part of them. Right. Or we're not visible because we're not included, Mm -hmm. and we want to be included even if it's, like, hundreds of years later, and for what? Mm -hmm. Why can't we just have our own shit? Right. So we're here to say that your pain, though, is valid. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, we all say, oh, fuck, like, damn, the artist, that breaks my heart. That right. shit does break my heart. But that's because you are empathetic. Right. Which is something these artists don't necessarily always have. Yeah. <laughs> and I think this heartbreak of, like, celebrity heartbreak is something that we don't know how to deal with. Like, we don't know how to hold celebrities accountable. And this whole, like, disposability shit and, like, Again, I'm never going to meet Maluma. I don't know this person. So how do we, like, tell him that these actions of going to Israel are wrong? Well, we wanted to start a petition once. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah. I think this is just important for us to talk about because we, as, like, about in the podcast, we do talk about, mm-hmm. like, these people a lot. And we do understand that fame came from capitalism, right? Like, by labeling these people as celebrities we somehow internalize that they're better than us that they have some magical talent that we will never have and so like we idolize them and then they can do no harm because they're essentially better than us right and so they're allowed to do like fucked up shit yeah ex fucked up shit 
without really like us having power to to hold them accountable yeah and so Mm -hmm. there was one specific artist that we kind of wanted to talk about which was vicente fernandez so vicente fernandez everyone loves him everyone truly only knows like two songs from him but we all want to cling that we love him and there's this like aura of respect that he's just automatically granted but you know as me and cynthia have seen vicente fernandez is a viejo rabo verde is a great and i feel like you can kind of like I feel you like see I, it in his eyes. Yeah, like you <laughs> kind of know, like, like Vicente Fernandez can sing and shit, but I don't really want to meet him. Like, I don't really want to be Hell close to no. him. Um, and the reason we we say this is because I don't. Is it on his IG page? Yeah. So I think in I think you can go to his ranch, his rancho, and like take pictures with him and meet him and stuff. But he also in that has posted a lot of girls essentially really young looking um girls kissing him and kissing him in the mouth it just look it's just you see it in the picture and this isn't something again that media wants to talk about because again of that respect that Vicente Fernandez has within the industry and the backlash that I'm uh, sure a lot of media outlets would get if they like made this to light but yeah we're still i think we're, we might post them on like our story and not like our actual page because these are like almost triggering. Oh, i don't even want to post them yeah like they're not for an older man i'm assuming he's like 70 80 to kiss someone who looks like they're 15 in the mouth the there's just no no there like can even if the um the other individual consented to this we have to understand like this is like a younger like girl visibly younger who like might not really understand the implications of it yeah and how like reason the fernandez knows that like this isn't okay like both of their intentions and this kiss are different like, I might be kissing my idol, but Vicente Fernandez is getting some, like, twisted satisfaction from these kisses. Because it hasn't just been one, right? It's been multiple people that he publicly posts on his IG and is proud of. I don't know if you have anything else to say. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, we're, like, both out here, like, cringing. and Oh, like, no, yeah. there's just so many f- cringes from mm-hmm. the way that he is seen as this like larger than life mm-hmm. man he's still alive like where like mm-hmm. i can't make obviously false accusations of who he is or mm-hmm. what he's done to people but i will say that it's interesting especially in, like the quote-unquote me too moment because he mm-hmm. did come out a couple last year mm-hmm. talking about how he was sexually harassed when he was young and mm. like a up-and-coming singer mm-hmm. or whatever and I mean, we know that people who are abused are also, right, mm-hmm. can abuse other folks, and it happens, and I don't know. I mean, be careful with Vicente Fernandez. This is all, you know, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all... And don't glorify him. Like, he... Yeah, I think... What has he really done for our people? <laughs> yeah, I think that that's the gist of, like, celebrity heartbreak, right? There, 
we can um, fall out with an artist because they do problematic stuff that if they were a normal friend, person we know, we would cut off. Um, or I hope we would. Um, not cut off, but like end that relationship. Um, or at least try to have some sort of process. Yeah. Um, and so celebrity heartbreak is real. It happens. These people are not, we should not idolize them because they will fuck up and they will continue to fuck up. Just like That's just the, the product of, of like fame and capitalism of like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well. Eso. So I guess my wrap up for this episode is that this is our anti Valentine's Day episode. Mm-hmm. Shit, give me, I'll still accept gifts <laughs> though. Take me out. Gotcha. I will say, I get so mad when I go out with Sister Hombres and they don't fucking pay for my tacos. Mm. That is how you can guarantee to piss me off. Okay. We're talking about heartbreak today, mm-hmm. and not because we want y'all all to feel heartbroken, but mm-hmm. we, because we're, in reality, two people that are out here trying to work through our own heartbreaks, mm-hmm. and we hope that, you know, other folks will too. That's the only way that, you know, we'll, mm. you know, deal with all the shit that's happened to us, yes. not only because of systems of power outside of us, but also interpersonally Mm -hmm. and so we give you all this heartbreak episode Mm -hmm. as a small contribution of ours to Mm -hmm. support your healing and we hope that you know together we can all build a different world (laughs) (laughs) got it um my heartbreak my heartbreak fuck um my wrap-up summary i think i don't have these conversations often enough and I found myself really limited in, like, trying to find words to talk about these things. But I think that's just part of the fact that we, again, focus so much on romantic heartbreak and not on all these other kinds of heartbreaks that we don't know how to talk about them. We don't know where to start. And I hope that, again, this podcast, this episode did not give you everything. We did not go into, like, friend heartbreak as deep as it can be, but it like at least starts that conversation and you know that people are having it like we are talking about celebrity heartbreak we are talking about all these other kinds of heartbreaks and you know i kind of feel like sad and a little drained just talking Mm -hmm. about this and so yeah that's that's totally fine because you used up your energy and worked through some shit yeah, and so I hope that when Valentine's Day comes, luckily I do think that it being on a Thursday helps because we, um, hopefully, you know, we have a job and we're able to have, like, the struggles of our job take the focus away from, like, not having a romantic partner. But yeah, no, we're going to get through this. Um, if you got to cry, cry it out. If you have to, like, get off of social media to not see all these couples, like, post about their, like, love life, do it. It's fine. No one will notice. Do what you got to do to not, like, get wrapped up in what society wants you to get wrapped up, which is feeling bad for the fact that you don't have anyone. 
Mm-hmm. Or like, not that you don't have anyone, that you don't have a romantic partner. Palabras muy sabias de nuestra compañera Ale. So that is episode number nine, Heartbreak. Mm-hmm. We are going to wrap this episode up with mm-hmm. the classic, classic Corazones Rotos. Mm-hmm. Corazones Rotos with the glass shattering. Yes. So before that, our next episode... Espérenlo, déjenos saber sus favoritas. We're so excited. Episode 10, our She's a Dime episode, is <laughs> our Norteños episode. Mm-hmm. So if you are Norteño, agárrense sus botas and get ready. Let us know what your favorite Norteñas are, both old and new. Mm-hmm. And we'll be joined by a special guest. Yes. You know where to find us Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher. Um, leave a comment or review. We've actually been getting a lot, um, and we want them to keep coming. They've been really good, positive messages. People love our playlists. People love our episodes. People love our IG posts all the time. And so, thank you to everyone who's already done that. But if you haven't, you know, like now that the episode is wrapping up, before you like get out of the app. Go and review us. Um, and like we said, our playlist, you can find them on Spotify under Las Malandrinas. And then our Apple Music under Cynthia Rodriguez. And we'll post how you like spell both of these things because they are kind of lengthy. That is it. Yes. Bye. Go break our hearts. <laughs> Go break other hearts. <laughs> Bye. Corazones rotos van quedando por ahí Corazones rotos que no quieren ya vivir Corazones rotos llenos de dolor Corazones rotos de desilusión Aposté y perdí, esa es la verdad Entregué cariño y mis ansias de amar Todo fue tan bello como imaginar Que alguien como tú, que alguien como tú Me hiciera tanto mal Corazones rotos y yo los vi llorar Hoy soy uno de ellos, el mi sol Tan bello.